0: Welcome back, friendos, to another Dwarf Workers podcast. I'm here with Tarn Adams and Rainseeker. I'm Capitacic, and I have a magical new microphone. That's right. Welcome it sounds up. magical.
1: Yes. Welcome, Plus one. Plus one. Everything is awesome. awesome now.
0: <laughs> Vorpal.
1: Vorpal? <laughs> yes. Snickersnack. <laughs> yes.
2: All right. So uh, we are here to talk about... Adventure mode.
1: Adventure mode. And adventures. That's right. And
2: adventures. That's right. Eventually adventure mode presumably will be completely engrossing and awesome. It'll have adventures.
0: It'll be like a movie that you play. That's right. That's right. Only it's better. (laughs) You won't even know. It'll be like a book that you read with your keyboard.
2: Yeah, and actually you will read books in adventure mode. Yes, that's, that's right. And there that's there gonna, won't be keyboards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anymore, but there's going to be stuff.
0: <laughs> Information. All right, <laughs> A six.
2: All right. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about adventure mode and adventures. And so what I was thinking to start with is um, where where did your concept for adventure mode come from, Tom?
1: So we'd always kind of been working on a on a role playing game uh, from a first person perspective, right, where you have a character and you go on little adventures and kill monsters and things and wander around. We've always had those those kind of, of of games as standalone games, just as kind of standard RPG mush. With I mean, there're like a few little extra things or whatever, but but just basically the same. As everything else, uh, and then when we when we started working on Dwarf Fortress as a side project for Armach One, there was the the idea we came up with for that pretty early on was to have the adventure part be a be a sort of high score mode afterward where you'd go through the fortress and um, explore what your dwarves left behind. That was originally how it was going to be. And that was going to be the whole thing. And then we we as as Dwarf Fortress started stealing from Armok One to the point where it became Armok One or whatever. The uh, the adventure mode just just I mean ideally you know if it were actually done would just be a kind of standard role playing game taking place in the in the Dwarf Fortress world while you're switching off between fortresses and adventurers and so on. So it kind of it came out of all that.
0: What are your
2: plans to make uh, adventure mode more accessible?
1: So it's, I mean, there there are a lot of, I mean, it, it basically <laughs> there, are, there are what dozens of issues standing in in the way, but a, a lot of them are are um, things we've discussed, like like graphics and tutorials and instructions and all that kind of thing. So putting those important things aside, uh, just to kind of get at at, at adventure mode specific matters rather than just problems with Dwarf Fortress in general. You, you really start out in adventure mode, you create a character and you just start out in the middle of a building or something and there's really no clue about what's going on. It's got, it's got its, uh, I mean the key bindings aren't really any harder to learn than, than any roguelike or whatever, you just pop up a screen and they're there. So the problems with accessibility are more, uh, Directions, uh, a direction for your character or something. Right now there's not a lot to do and you have no direction at all. So for a new player, especially, I mean, if you, if you, if you played before, you, you at least know what, what the deal is and you might just wander off to your old fortress or you might just wander around, set a goal to kill some monster or something. But, uh, without that, if you press adventure mode first before even playing Dwarf Fortress, which I imagine a few people do, then you'd, you'd really just have no no idea what to do. And when you talk to people, you might find your way eventually to the people that, that will give you quests, but their quests are all kind of cynical. It's just like, oh, you, you want to do something for me? All right, go kill the dragon. And, uh, you know, it's it's not really appropriate for your character. So I think the, the, the thing to do here, um, and we'll kind of get to the future of Adventure Mode, which is the topic, is a huge part of that is uh, character generation. So there's the idea of how how can how can you improve character generation um, just in general, and also uh, how how can that make the game uh, almost in, uh, entirely take care of all of the accessibility programs uh, problems that don't have anything to do with uh, graphics and and the general interface that kind of thing, but just the the the, the game itself. So the the idea here is to um, have have some uh, some additional options. Uh, and the the main one would be you, so you've got a you've got a character who uh, currently you just create them and they're sort of this outsider who doesn't really belong to the world at all. They might belong to the overall uh, civilization that you've you've selected for them, but they don't they don't meaningfully tie into that. They don't have a parent in that civilization. They don't uh, have any friends in that civilization. They don't know anybody in that civilization. So. Uh, one of the, one of the ideas for a, for a mode of character generation uh, would be a kind of scenario driven thing. Now there, there are downsides to that, that sort of stuff. Like if, if you have, um, a kind of Q&A process like the Ultima games, for instance, or even our, our own little liberal crime squad thing, the, the issue with that, uh, the main downside, I think, is that they they just are – it's kind of a cumbersome way to create a character when you know the questions are just building stats and giving you items or something. So it just gets really annoying, and you have to kind of game the system just to get where you want to get, and it's the same every time. But the the difference here, the key difference here is that It's not, it it really can't be the same every time in Dwarf Fortress because the worlds are all different. I mean, if it picks two parents for you and it says, you know, you're born to these two people and you're living in this kind of situation and then it can, it can have, uh, things arise based on just running world gen basically. It'll just continue world gen from whatever point. The, the game's ad. So if, if you know goblins were attacking that village, that would be the scenario event it throws at you. You know, how do you deal with this? Depending on how old you are, you might just be forced to run away or whatever, but there might be choices to make in any case. And so it can it can give you a past in this way and it'll let you interact with it. Um, I mean ideally uh you'd be able to be presented with a situation. You'd either have some options for, for resolving that and then continuing to the next situation, or uh, a little more difficult would be allowing you to jump into any situation that you wanted to. So if you were like 19 years old in, in some village as a farmer in the beginning and the, and the goblins attacked, maybe you'd want to just jump in right there, and that's where you start playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, you certainly wouldn't have an accessibility problem in the sense of not knowing what to do or at least having a situation <laughs> that you'd be confronted with because there'd be something going on and you'd also have your parents and friends and things that that's the main point is that you'd you'd have relationships to begin with and you should be able to punch up a screen that says kind of what's going on there and if and if during the early scenarios you had a situation where say your parents were killed by somebody or something then you'd have the whole kind of uh <laughs> kind of Conan relationship screen or something where it's like Thulsa Doom killed your mom or whatever, and uh and that can be something that drives your life if you want it to. And uh the the um, that's that's the the scenario situation uh, kind of running through that, being able to break out when you want or just finishing a number of them, and that yeah. would start from. Uh, wherever your last game ended off. The downside here is, is that if, if you're starting from that year and it takes a certain time to grow up, then whatever was going on in the world is going to be spent by, you know, 12, 13, 16, 20 or more years, uh, by the time you jump in. It's more difficult to kind of retcon you into the world, right? Just kind of, and, and start you where you want to right. start off, but but using past events, we've talked about that I think a bit before with the fake populations and right. saving their right. historical events and how you can use that to retcon things in, including your own character. So it's possible, but right. but uh, that wouldn't well, presumably you could ha- choose from two different options. Yeah, there's there's yeah we, we had a, we had a and the, the the other ideas were um um you know aside from the scenario stuff and the retconning and that kind of thing. There, there would also be, um, especially for people that kind of know what they're doing, um, but for anyone else as well, when we were talking about accessibility, the scenario-driven way would give you direction. But another way to do it would be kind of a role-playing mode where you can right. you can create your character on the spot just as sort of an outsider or whatever. Or if you want to just say, oh, I'm this guy's kid or whatever, just picking off the legend screen or something, that would be fine too. Set everything about yourself, absolutely everything about yourself, and just start playing, uh, right the year that everything left off if, as if you, you know, you just kind of popped into existence or whatever or had a past or whatever you want to set up. Right. Uh, just, just to, to get you in right, uh, with minimal difficulty without worrying about the, the retconning problems, get you in there, um, at the right year. So if you wanted to continue right where you left off. Another way to do that would be, to just say I want to play an existing person in the world, and you just go down the legends list, to pick someone. Right. I want to be that guy, and uh, that that um, would require something like a, a world generation parameter thing i think because if you if you that's that's one of those things where you get you you'd be tempted i think to uh to to uh to to deal with certain problems um i mean there, there are people complain about about being tempted to spoil their games or whatever it's like you know if the goblin's have been attacking you, you're like well i'll be the goblin king and i'll jump into that volcano or whatever <laughs> and uh it's it's like uh so that that would be one of those world gen options most likely it's like only allow you to jump into people that don't have entity positions, only allow you to jump into people of your own race or your own uh, good races or whatever they're called uh, or or allow you to do anything or allow you to not do it at all and uh, th- that, I think that would resolve, resolve those issues and I mean there's more we're thinking about here um, in terms of for, for, for any of the scenario or role playing uh, type modes there's also the notion of um, it it kind of goes to both accessibility, but difficulty more. It's like how when 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 you have like skill points or whatever, like you assign them now or uh, in the scenarios in terms of of how much your character is learning or what kind of background they have. There's sort of this notion of of what are the different kinds of heroes that um, there are in myths and so on, and 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 since we're trying to kind of generate and recreate those stories. It's important to kind of get at that, and i I mean the three three kind of general options would be well, you know, I want my character to be kind of a demigod or something like Hercules or something. It's like it could go into the 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 um like the human pantheons or something, you'd be like Zeus is my dad or whatever <laughs> and like, okay, and then that character would be exceptional, and you wouldn't have to worry as much about like a wolf killing you or something. Um, and that character would have, you know, you you might have gods, di- you know, giving you gifts or or cursing you or doing whatever. You'd have kind of a uh, an epic life, um, no matter what. You'd have kind of no choice in the matter. Then there's also the matter of uh, the kind of the middle option would be to be a heroic character, which is kind of like what we've got now, where you can start out mm-hmm. as a really talented swordsman or something. Just so some, yeah, someone who's human, someone who's like Batman or whatever, who's uh, exceptional, uh, but not supernatural necessarily, uh, and um, has so you you can really jam your your numbers up or have an exceptional uh, uh, life in in terms of your parents or whatever. And then there's the, the third mode, which, which uh, would be a kind of a normal mode or, or sort of an unlikely hero mode <laughs> instead of a hero mode, <laughs> where you're, you just start off as, as a person who has skills per their scenario, uh, kind of a normal, or, or if you're role-playing, you wouldn't you know, add that much stuff to yourself. Uh, and that person would, I mean that would be suited for those, for the games where people just want to kind of make their own way in the world or, or create their little log cabin in the woods and hunt things or become a bandit or uh, any of those, any of those kind of games where they don't, they don't really care how survivable their character is if they ran into right. a goblin tower or something. Something that was inappropriate. I mean there's this, there's this kind of, uh, it runs a bit against Kind of all of the, the role-playing games I've played since like Legend of Zelda or something where you have the, all of the numbers and things increase and the adversaries increase and right. the areas that open up increase and it's all kind of just matching larger and larger numbers against each other. It's not, it's becoming less of a less of an option in Dwarf Fortress just because of how the thing is set up. So you can't really run it that way. So, you know, it, it might be weird to kind of start as a powerful character and stay a powerful character, but it's it's really more about the story than the kind of power leveling type of uh, um, increase. Although that that there there are elements of that when your skills improve and uh, you you occasionally find better equipment, although it's nothing like these kind of the kind of loot driven systems. So it's. I mean, there are, there are going to be issues here to tackle repeatedly. I mean, we can't really see everything that's going to happen when you kind of strike out on a kind of new um, mode of of thinking about how how an RPG might work or something. I mean, I'm I'm not saying this is the first time anything like this has been done, but uh, it's. It, I certainly don't know how to handle it myself. Um, and, uh, so, so it should be interesting to, to see, to see where this, where, where this leads. But I think, I think once you've got that, in any case, getting, getting back to everything, when you, when you've got that, um that set up where your character starts and they have whatever, as much backstory as you want them to have, then you'll have more direction. You need, you need a little bit of a a push maybe and there's, there's more that needs to be done with things like social interactions and so on when you talk to people when you talk to like a like those mead hall guys that tell you to go off and kill a goblin or kill a dragon or something I mean they should probably not sort of cynically toss you away especially if you look like you're worth anything And they should probably just send you with a guy to go prove yourself against some some kobolds or something that are out on patrol rather than sending you on suicide missions and just being like, oh, come back if you're, you know. And then when you get back, they're like, oh, that was cool. (laughs) You know, they don't really care.
2: Speaking of kind of adventuring, you know, right now you can recruit party members, but they're basically cannon fodder. In the future, when you recruit recruit uh, party members, what is the plan? Once you know you say, "Okay, I'm done with you." Are they going to settle where you leave them, or are they going to go back home? Um, are they going to make decisions?
1: Yeah, as 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 autonomous as people are in general, that's how autonomous they're be. I mean, they're not they're not special in 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 any way. So right now no one does anything <laughs> pretty much. They might they like move back home sometimes if they're stuck in a cave. They know how to do that, but uh other than that, I mean that that's that's a general problem. Um so if if you if you uh the, so so it's all planned to be addressed anyway. So that People uh, I mean, aside from returning home that they'll have their professions and so on and and the things that they do, so if you have somebody with you who was a mercenary, for instance, then whatever mercenaries were doing before you hired that one um, that's what that guy would continue to do there's uh, now there's there's a bit of a difference here when we're kind of getting into adventure entities and that kind of thing when you when you say i've got a band of people. And you might tell one of them to stay at the little compound you've built or whatever. Then that would be a different matter. And this kind of gets to a to a whole um, other issue in general with your subordinates. It's it's something that, that, that we're kind of thinking about again with with how how adventure mode should work when you've got. Uh, I mean you you can get more and more people you can get ten people or whatever fifteen people following you around and, you know at some point you kind of want a hierarchy to be set up even within your own your own group so that you you can tell someone to do something and then that person can kind of handle uh their own their own group of uh um, things so you could tell someone to you know stay here with these five guys and defend the compound at all costs while we go off and fight the dragon or something now that guy should then. Act like people are going to act uh, when, when, in general, when they're when they're defending an area or so on, and according to their own individual interests and that kind of thing. The stuff that we've we've been planning the whole time to slowly put in the game. Uh, so you should have you should have that kind of you know uh, sub, subordinate uh, system to be able to to uh, command people to do things or, or set up an organization of your own. And this, I mean, it's not all about. You know, defend this location, or you know, send your squad that way while we do this, or whatever. It, I mean, it could be things like hunting or building buildings and that kind of thing. It, it gets to this whole, you know, when you when you when you reach a position of power in adventure mode, which is something that's supposed to happen for version one, right? You, if you're if you become the king of of one of those or uh, mead hall leader people warlords that's living in the adventure mode towns, uh what is, what is it how, how are you going to be controlling things you know that's it's it's for for people that have read those development items it's probably a big question like what is is it going to just be dwarf mode again or something um and it it shouldn't be right if you're if you're still in this first person mindset anyway then it can work more more along the lines that that it started working with a subordinate system so if you if you want Things to happen, you'd have people that you talk to, and they can they can handle stuff. Or if you want to handle something directly, you'd have to handle it directly.
2: You build that building.
1: Yeah. You start the fire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, uh, hopefully it wouldn't be so much micromanaging, but uh, (laughs) it's like it's like you know, you open this door for me or whatever. But but it's it's uh it's uh
2: (laughs) skin that cat.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so you you can, but you can you can see how it just be like you know you lead a lead a uh, lead a group of people over to this town and ask them, you know, to submit to us and send us tribute every year, and then they could come back and tell you what happened. And it also, you know, gives you the the the, the possibility for for the real interesting stories when your subordinates don't do what you tell them to do, and so on, or they start lying to you, or whatever. So. Um, it's 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 going to be uh, uh i think a good way to handle it um, having to sort of filter certain commands through people so that you're always interacting with people and you always uh, kind of building relationships with people getting the getting the whole world to act like it like it's supposed to act um, instead of turning it into the the kind of strategy mode that the dwarf fortress the dwarf mode is uh, it should be it should be a different creature entirely, and and what it would allow you to do then is to run your smaller operations, and have them grow up into larger operations, without changing fundamentally how the game works, and allowing you to kind of maintain the personal relationships with your closest subordinates, and um, you know people above you. For instance, it's not just you know subordinates or whatever, or, or it, you know there could be equals, people that are traveling with you, and so on. You can give them suggestions rather than just ordering everyone around. But um it should it should be a, yeah, it should be a, a, a interesting experiment anyway, to see how all that works out, yeah, um, and that's that's pretty much upcoming, right after this release when when we do adventure' I think one of the one of the three main items was adventurer skills slash adventure entities or whatever. so whatever we get started there, you know, get started, because uh, the adventure entities was having a group of people or whatever, and trying to explore how that that might work.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that the social aspects of adventure mode, you know, all that sort of stuff will be interesting, especially when you get to the uh, point where you kind of are the leader of a group, then you can kind of eventually shift over to a forker-styled mode.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were having. We were thinking about funny like like having, you know, what 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 are the what are the the goals of like these mead hall people or whatever? I mean, they should at least be, you know, they might be accumulating treasure or something like that, like getting tribute from people and then they'd have like this little treasure room or something. <laughs> and you could you could uh you could, you know, you, you you could you could start working on that kind of thing yourself or whatever. And uh and uh, you know, I, I mean, who knows what people do with their their little treasure rooms they finance armies and things somehow but I don't know what you do with the golden goblet at the end of the day but uh I, mean, I guess you drink from it or something but uh the the uh the, there's that 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 uh, accumulation type goals these kind of silly goals of accumulating treasure lead to things like ruins and so on that are that are that are a lot of fun to run around in and you know fight zombies and, and snatch their things but uh it's it's yeah so it's sh- it should be uh
2: it would be amusing to yeah. uh find your adventure as a zombie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's too bad they're not they're not uh none of the zombies were ever that interesting. Um so yeah, hopefully hopefully so. Some somebody. of them talked. Wait, some of the skeleton lords or whatever talk. Yeah, that's right. They yelled at you and then they started yeah. shooting at you shooting at you from the tops of pyramids and stuff, right? But they yes. were they were nobodies. They were still like these I generated know. peoples. Uh it'll all change someday. Someday We'll have a future. Yes. One thing that I think will be interesting, um, item ownership,
0: like you mentioned the goblet, like the goblet itself will belong to a king, and then the king will miss it when it's gone, (laughs) and then other people will know, oh, that's the king's goblet, you know, so you'll have trouble selling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, they'll forget (laughs) it belongs to the king, and then you'll become used to having the goblet, and, you know, you'll this sort of
1: the ownership of items knowing is this my sword or is this a sword on the ground? Yeah, we've got we've got some of that now though, which is yeah, it's cool with the um, with the new the new dwarf squad stuff where they, they become used to their weapons and then name them and stuff. And wow. then they become these semi artifacts, right? And that's kind of where, where that stuff really gets traced, like these goblets and things, if it's important enough for people to care about uh then it then it it really gets passed around and keeps track of historical information and stuff when you, when you look at the larger picture of property ownership in general it it becomes more tricky to kind of um uh, track individual information like how much yeah. is that the king's uh like stool or something <laughs> and you know that's like that's the king's stool or whatever but but then there's there's i mean it's not there's important items but then there's unimportant items that belong to important people and those could also be tracked to some extent, I guess. Um, and, and then there's then there's a matter of a person's personal property. Everyone can track their own property. And so if you if you go in and take someone's things, I mean, other people might not really recognize it as someone else's uh, cloak or something, but the person would know. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's just, I mean, the, the, that's that's another thing that's just massively broken in adventure mode right now is the whole kind of criminal um uh, type of steal thing, like just anything. yeah, stealing and all that kind of thing. It's like when you steal, it's like a psychic message, message is sent out to everybody that <laughs> you're a thief, or whatever. and The guards come to kill you. I mean, you 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 ideally should be able to be in a room with with somebody, you know, take their take their their uh, their little cloak and and lock them in a chest or something, and then set the <laughs> chest on fire or something, and then walk out of the room and. If no one saw you do it, then you could pretend that oh, there's a fire or whatever. Come on, everybody, let's help put it out, uh, or something, <laughs> you know. And uh, that that kind of thing would 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 lead to. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of questions really about how. Course, if
2: people had detective skill, then you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I was going to say. It leads to these questions of like, how do they, how do they, how does justice then come about to the player? How does that process work? Which, is, at least, that's a more interesting problem than this kind of psychic psychic stuff. And I think the adventurer should be kind of free to run around uh, more than they are now. Anyway, where it's just kind of silly. I kind of uh, like how. Uh, well, I'm sure this will be changed, but
0: how the punishment for any crime is just like everyone in the town walking towards you trying to kill you.
1: They literally
0: <laughs> become zombies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, there's, there's, I think if you steal something, they're just, like, they're just like, I don't want to talk to you. But if you kill somebody, then you become an entity enemy. And then even the two-year-olds recognize, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's time to time to come at you like a fast zombie instead of a slow zombie. Once there's proper law
0: enforcement, I definitely think the, <laughs> the game will have some more spark to it. You know, daring escapes and you know, general Robin Hood type action.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean really with adventure mode a lot of it just comes down to more stuff. Yes. <laughs> like it's there's 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 like a lot of stuff, but it doesn't come together at all in terms of narratives or anything right now. Um so yeah. Yeah. I mean it's just like every every little thing'll help. Um and uh I mean, even the character generation scenarios. If we, if we, for instance, started with that, they'd be pretty limited right now, just because there's not a lot of stuff. Um, there's mostly just fighting and things. I mean, the, re- I mean, that you could, of course, add a zillion of them that don't really have a basis in reality or whatever. But it, it's better to have them um, have a basis in reality so that you can you can jump into them and you know what's actually going on or whatever. Uh, but so, what is the um new
2: skill system going to look, look like for adventures is that just going to be basically the same as uh, Dwarf Fortress mode or are you going to have additional adventure skills
1: yeah so when we get to adventurer skills the, the, the place we're starting from is you should be able to to say kill an animal and use the parts of the animal uh, that 's a starting point because right now you starve to death, <laughs> wandering <laughs> around, and the next part would be able to be able to build shelters and that kind of thing but the The, the question here is what are what does that look like i mean i don 't think it would really be appropriate to um, you know, if you killed an animal and wanted to uh, get the meat from it, I don't think you should have to chop down a tree and then build a butcher's workshop and then carry the animal to the butcher's workshop and then <laughs> perform the dwarf fortress mode job without any tools, right? I yeah. think, I think adventure mode definitely you should, there should be more tools, there should be things that you can do with tools on the spot. Um, yeah. And, and then it would be a kind of a, a matter of how much do you want to, do you want to Pump that stuff in reverse into dwarf mode I mean dwarf mode has useful abstractions Because uh, you don't want to have A lot of clutter and yeah Crap and micromanagement and all Kinds of horrible things that come out of that I mean some of it wouldn't be bad uh, But you a lot of the problems That arise then like if you Had people using tools and stuff for every Job. Counting, counting nails and tongs and, Yeah I mean it would it'd be, it'd be Cool in a sense if you could produce those things Quickly enough and if there weren't stacking Problems introduced And just pathing problems in general. It's like if you, if you needed to have all the nails and hammers and boards and things to make a chair, then, I mean, even if, even if the stacking weren't a problem, you'd still need that dwarf to go get that crap and it might take, you know, a month for them to collect all the different little pieces from all over the place. And it's just, it, it, it starts to lose um the 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 you have to sacrifice then at that point kind of this the more epic sweeping nature of dwarf mode because you'd want to slow down the days to allow a dwarf to build a chair before winter comes or something right so it's it's a it's a tricky question for dwarf mode and i think a lot of abstractions will ultimately stay in dwarf mode but in adventure mode, there's no reason not to go kind of completely nuts with it. Um, I mean, I'm sure people can come up with with reasons like I don't want to have to use nails to build build this or whatever. Like it's just <laughs> annoying. But I mean, and and I haven't played like some of those games like Stranded. Is it called Stranded? The one where you're on the island and you build things with vines and things or whatever. I believe so. And there's uh, Unreal World. I've I played a little bit. I went yeah. and crashed the game in a ga- in a cave or whatever. And so there's so people have experimented, uh, and I think with Worm you have to do a lot of things like this uh, mm-hmm. online. I haven't played that one. The the so there there have been, and I think in, in tons of muds have this stuff too. So it's like there's there's um this has been experimented with a lot. Uh, what it means for a character to have to use many little things to accomplish goals makes the item more
2: valuable, of course.
1: Yeah, and I just—I mean, I—we'll I, have to see in adventure mode kind of how it how it um, affects the pacing. Uh, it's 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 going to be experimental, like most everything else. You don't want to go to the point where the um, the pacing is destroyed because you're you're quibbling too much with garbage. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see how how. Uh, how um because if you're playing it as a survival game, then that stuff's all fun. but if you're if you're if you're making it, if you're trying to get through a forest to go attack the dragon or something, but while you're in the forest, you have to worry about, you know, did I soak this in oak bark long enough to, you know, get all of the the hair uh, to do whatever before I hang up a pelt and get stranded for a week trying to make patches for my boots so my toes don't die. <laughs> Before I get to the dragon or whatever right it's it i mean I don't know if that that could afford a quick button <laughs> or something the quick fix my shoe button right uh, so yeah, I don't know it's it's like it's it's um. Uh, it's it's going to be something that we we experiment with. Of course, I'm 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 usually pro details. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> that I usually, add crap when I can. But this will be a this will be a case where we'll have to think about it. I I I'm definitely like my my stance right now is that I want to add a bunch of that stuff. And so so each job from Dwarf. I mean, ideally in Adventure Mode, you'd be able to do each job from Dwarf Mode, and there just might be extra um extra steps steps in the process, extra tools in the process and things like mining might just be slower or something. I mean, I, I I don't know if you'd be able to carve out a whole dwarf fortress in a week or whatever, because that's what you'd be able to do if you were a dwarf is just like, bam, there's a dwarf fortress for you. (laughs) Uh, So, so uh, that, yeah, that, 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 that one in particular might be changed a little bit. And there's also the matter of, you know, if you're, if you're building log cabins and that kind of thing out in the woods, um, you know, is the current method like the tile by tile building um, method? You know, is that something that that's going to stay? And if that changes to something more more accurate, then uh, is that going to change in dwarf mode? So there's there's all this this thing about about giving the modes their own flavor. There's the thing about technically keeping the modes fun to play, and then there's the thing also about you know trying to minimize uh on, on the other hand you want to try and minimize the use of dual systems cuz you supporting a different system in adventure mode versus a different system in dwarf mode is always a pain uh there's there's a number of things that are like that now and they always are come back to haunt me or whatever just the different timing is is enough of a pain. How that works now? How how dwarf mode goes 72 times faster than adventure mode through history or whatever. And so you have to do the sleeping is on a different schedule, eating's on a different schedule, forest fires are on a different schedule. Um, it's all different, and that that's really irritating in a way. But you can't you can't change it either because if you put forest fires on the same schedule, and the second a fire lights in dwarf mode, it's like poof. There's, you know it just blows out and the whole, all the trees are gone or whatever if, if you were to do that if you were to put them on the same schedule and so you know probably have to live with some more dual systems um, that's alright though
2: Now we're in the segment of our podcast where we discuss questions from listeners. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Q yes. and A. This
0: is the interactive portion.
1: That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like second hand or something. But it's all right. People get to interact. It's
0: very active.
1: Yeah, it's intense. We got we got at least thirty three emails now that haven't been handled yet. So we're, we're not, not. going to be able to get to them all.
2: <laughs> no, we're not. However, we will get to some. Captain Tastic, would you like to do the honors of the first question?
0: Why, yes. This one is not from an email, but Citizen of Earl asks: Will there be toys in adventure mode? Oh, toys we'll and be playable? V- <laughs> <laughs> will yeah, be able to bounce a ball. That's and intense. Play with a that's toy intense. anvil.
1: That's intense. Like if you, if yeah, I mean, if your adventurer goes into the uh, a fortress and finds a mini forge. It's like what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about what a mini forge was and and then having to uh, to do it, but but I think I think even more relevant would be things like puzzle boxes and stuff. It's like is there supposed to be a puzzle box mini game or something, right? Uh where you get to play with the puzzle box in the ASCII <laughs> glorious ASCII puzzle box. Um, and uh I mean it's one of those things where where uh in dwarf mode first Little kids will be playing with their toys at parties and stuff. And then in adventure mode, uh, it would be a thing that probably gets done on a lark or whatever. <laughs> like, like when I throw it in. Unless there, there happens to be a contingent of people that start pushing that up, the suggestion voting. I mean, ideally, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> uh, citizen of Earl. That's right. <laughs>
0: the whole Dwarf Fortress is just going to turn into a, Hogo stick simulator
1: i'm just gonna put that out there that's my prediction that's right and people were talking about rubber balls and rubber rubber trees and stuff like making little balls out of the rubber trees before you have vulcanized rubber you can still do stuff with it and uh yeah that'd be that'd be fascinating like the projectile management would be pretty crappy because it's all in uh tiles or whatever but so it's not like those big physics sims where things bounce around in wonderful <laughs> ways, and you can have fun just tossing a ball around somebody else's level or whatever. But um yeah, there's well, it's nothing like nothing like playing with little toys and things. So
0: brushing a doll's hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've got uh, the hairstyles now. Low you'd low actually low. be able
1: to, yeah, you'd actually be able to do that now. You'd be like, I want to give my my dwarf doll a triple-bladed braided beard now, and you <laughs> you give it the triple braided beard, and you dress it up with little clothes. And
0: yes. your character is very effeminate. Yes, it'll actually change your stats. You will, <laughs> but you can collect all the different, you know, like That's right. old weed, clothing, and dye them.
1: Yeah, I mean, collecting is is a is a. I mean, you actually be able to have a coin collection or whatever, and try and find yeah. rare coins from two hundred years before or whatever. And you'd have to go into a dwarf fortress from that old to get them or whatever. Should be fascinating. Fascinating. Be so you can, you'd be able and then you could like spend
0: there. all that spend all that money on a special mint condition elf doll. <laughs> there you go.
1: That's right. It hasn't been taken out of its wooden box yet. Can't the even see can it. Get, can't even see it. <laughs> well it wouldn't
2: be in a wooden box problems. if it's an elf doll, right?
1: Oh uh, that w- <laughs> <laughs> Well it depends on what the elf doll is for, but uh <laughs> it's for like special it's for yeah, poking and burning <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those might be very popular, Dwarven festivals, if you know, yeah, everyone <laughs> passes out the, the elf doll to everybody and they all throw it on the bonfire or whatever.
2: Drop the head off and it explodes.
1: Yeah, yeah it maybe maybe it comes with... Problems? The <laughs> well, they're all very round. Yeah, they probably have issues with short beards or, yeah. like, male pattern beard loss or something, but the... Uh, <laughs> The uh yeah, no, I, mean, I just thought the elf doll might actually come with the movable mouth parts or something. You can make it chew things. Arr, arr. I'm eating you. I'm eating you. <laughs> <A> nutcracker. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, an elf doll nutcracker. That'd be a great, great little tool for your kitchen. Um,
2: okay, back on track here. <laughs> and we're Here's always on track. From, always on track. From um, I uh, I guess he he left his real name, which is Don Don Brodsky, I guess. And he says that he wants to know if there's any plans to implement experience with particular types of enemies, like uh, goblins, or you eat better with goblins when you kill them after a while, or kobolds, etc.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So the the original Armok had uh, uh, un, uh, I like many things in that game it kind of had this unimplemented knowledge system for creatures. And I was definitely thinking about doing that in dwarf mode. It's like you'd you know you'd be an excellent Uh, dragon fighter or whatever that kind of thing or i'm you know i'm great at killing giant spiders and that that sort of stuff um and the the knowledge could be about their behavior it could be about how to butcher them in particular and so on so that um you know uh, your your dwarf mode guy might be excellent at you know butchering all the the deer and cows and things that you're uh that your your guys bring to him, but then you bring him a uh, some kind of giant spider, and you're supposed to do something with that. and He's just like, "What is this? I don't even know where anything is," uh, and and would spoil the the thing even if he's pretty good at butchery in general. And uh, I mean, I think so. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for that kind of thing. I, I think. Um, uh, I don't think it would be sort of unnecessarily complicated or whatever. I mean, there are some questions about, you know, what does it mean to be a goblin fighter versus an elf fighter or something if, if they're humanoids or whatever And there? Is that more of learning about a culture or a species or whatever and, and uh, if their anatomy is roughly the same? And um, there are questions to answer there. But, but in general, I think the more, the more knowledge um, types and things that there are for fighters and the more different skills and so on, that they learn, the more they can be differentiated, and that's always good. Um, and it also, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's. I think it's good to have particulars like that. And um, that one in particular is something that's planned, not planned as in completely planned out, but something we definitely wanted to do.
0: Dr. Zoviet asks, will, you know, the game be smart enough to determine that the building you're making is shaped, you know, like, a tower or a pyramid? Will it award you, you know, points for style, essentially? Um, Like, his example is, a room with a pillar in it, engraved, would it bump the quality up, you know? Like, if you have a high ceiling with, like, paintings and stuff on it, would that be interesting for the game? Will it be able to determine those details
1: that's right and I'd, I'd like to further point out that dr zoviet said that um i'd love you forever if you asked slash answer this question so i think that that means captain tastic right now is love forever and it's me i it's i have really to do my, to there. Oh my i God. still i still have to do my part <laughs> to be loved forever uh so i've got to answer the question and and uh so, so the idea with this is there have been a number of topics people are like, you know, I want my tower to be recognized as the tower of something, or I want my pyramid to be recognized as the pyramid of something. And that, that pretty much would have to be user defined. You define an area, you give it a name, and you make sure that that system can't be gamed too much, uh, as far as bonuses and so on. But when it comes to smaller things like what you're talking about, like, like a central pillar, and and things like that, the game can start to pick those out on its own. I don't. I mean, I don't have a lot of specific plans, but it'd be it'd be worth discussing. Uh, right now, the, the 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 system picks out engravings isolated. It picks out floor uh, detailing isolated. It picks out the room size and so on. So it goes really just just step by step through every tile. But things like a like a central pillar. I mean, it knows where the center of a room is. It knows where, you know, it knows that a pillar doesn't have anything else touching it. So doing things like locating a central pillar would be trivial. It's just a matter of building up a list um, of, of things that dwarves care about, right? And, and you know, different, different groups could like different things and so on. And, and uh, yeah, that would certainly be a, an interesting direction to explore.
0: I just want to know if I'll be able to have an elf totem really tie a room together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I th- I think I think anyone awesome. you know appreciates the uh the, the skull when it's centrally placed. <laughs> um or a little higher up maybe. And you know, you put you'd put some, some uh dye on the teeth, make them all red and stuff so people can remember that elves are hungry. And uh I don't know if they have sharp teeth. I haven't really thought about what an elf's teeth look like. Do they have sharp teeth or do they just chew and chew and chew? Well
0: herbivores, you know, got the molar action going on.
1: Yeah, they just they just lose that herbivore bit every once in a while when they yeah. eat eat dead bodies. Maybe they just don't chew things cuz that's violent inherently. That's right. I mean so is eating somebody <laughs> when when killing them and eating them is a little bit inherently violent. Well, but, you know how like yeah, they've chickens, got issues. chickens kind of like they like
0: Swallow it and then they swallow rocks, I think, and kind of chew it up that uh, way. You know, the, the parrots
1: <laughs> eat clay and stuff, right? So yeah, yeah maybe maybe the uh, maybe the elves are just kind of they need those essential vitamins and minerals, and they can't get them anywhere else. And it's just a, a, a shame, you know, sort of evolutionarily speaking, that they were saddled with that burden. But they try to be yes. herbivores. They try their very best, and they don't have like the newest kind of vegan manuals for how to mix your vegetables and things properly to get all your nutrients. And so they just go with dwarf. Just dwarf, they don't. There's not a
0: soybean equivalent in Dwarf Fortress, is there?
1: Uh, maybe the dwarf is the soybean equivalent. No. Soybean dwarf. Yeah. So- yes. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yeah, we're missing Speaking of elves, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll speak of elves.
2: Yeah, um. We have a Jeremy McKean asking, currently the elves don't like it when you trade wood-related items to them. Is it possible, then, that this will also be expanded with the rest of the procedural cultural concepts? For example, perhaps people you are trading with really like cats and would take offense to all the cat meat roasts, cat leather robes, and cat bone omelets you're trying to trade to them.
1: That's yeah, yeah, I think that, that would be um – that, I mean, it'd be it'd, it'd be cool. I mean, uh, it's 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 certainly possible and even kind of easy once they have those preferences to do that kind of thing. I mean, all the trading functions are just like, is this an offensive item? And then it goes in and looks, and right now it looks at the um, the ethics for the society. And if the society also had a few preferences, those could easily be checked versus okay. the items, materials, and so on. So I mean, it it all be pretty straightforward. Uh, the dialogue would probably be need to be rewritten or whatever yeah. because they'd start saying elf-like things to you or whatever. But uh, it's it's uh, yeah no that's that's it's it's um it would be a uh, it would be a, a cool um, kind of expansion of those of those things. I mean, there's going to be a you lot of things like this to, where yeah go ahead.
2: You think that trying to trade a human you know a skull totem to a human would?
0: Be
1: really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, humans would uh, they're, yeah. they're pretty jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, and right now, I think the elves would only care because it was once a living thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't care if it's an elf set or not. I'm not yeah. sure they'd ever care, though. They're kind of weird. I always but, felt that it'd be nice in that in that screen if it showed you in red or something.
2: What you, if you're about to trade something that's offensive? Or yeah, maybe- there's,
1: there's the yeah, there's there's the the one tricky matter there. Why I haven't done something like that is that. You want people to run afoul of that mechanic at least once (laughs) somehow. But after that they should know. So, but, but it's kind of in the person's head rather than the game's, uh, mind. So it's, it's a, it's kind of a tricky question, uh, about when they get to know. And, uh, because if you've, if you're, if you're not playing for the first time, but it's your first time those dwarves have ever encountered elves, then it shouldn't be read in a way, but of course the player themselves would know and might complain about that. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's why I've kind of just passed on that because um, I don't I don't really have a solution right now. Yeah, I haven't thought about it that much. Um, although I know it causes untold amount of grief and so on.
2: <laughs> maybe maybe it could just be where uh, you learn uh, or you have a char- your trading character learns what is and what is not through communication, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's important to have skills.
0: Susan Mormon, a.k.a. Mm. Kelsa asks if there will be traditions for naming children. Will they be named, you know, will all dwarves that are female have, you know, specifically female names? Will they uh, be named after historical figures that are not adventurers? Will they be named after popular kings and queens and such like, you know, themes? Will they be named after, you know, the favored food of a country, (laughs) <laughs> you know all that fun stuff. I have a bunch of dwarves named yeah. uh, Rummy Rummy mcgin
1: Yeah. Jin Rummy McGin, Yeah. Or, or like yeah, plump helmet McWhiskey. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna it's- register on the forum with that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, so, so, so yeah, I know you mentioned the adventure mode one, cause that's the one we kinda harp on, right? It's like people will be able to name their character after you later or whatever. But the general thing is, uh, I mean, we wouldn't implement it that way, because it, it would, it would be kind of weird for them to specifically single out adventurers. So yeah, any, one, once that goes in, they'd use historical figures and so on. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about passing down family names and so on I mean people are kind of upset sometimes that they're they're they have a fortress for a while and have have uh, the dwarves have babies and the babies just have completely unrelated names or whatever and that's that's just something that hasn't gone in but it's it'll go in as soon as we figure out what dwarves like to do or what kind of procedurally stuff needs to be generated there uh, as for male versus female names um, I mean I don't I don't have a uh, any uh, kind of like the passing down the names, I don't have systems there, um, but it's certainly something that that I think should be supported, and people people are interested in having that kind of uh, separation as well. Um, I'm not sure what dwarves would think about that or or whatever. We know humans humans often do it, and it's and when it's done, it's not always like a like a, a, a strict split. There's just ones that are rarely used for for certain genders and. And that kind of thing, and um, you know, would you want specific name lists if you want to set them up yourself, or, or just have the game kind of uh, choose them uh, for you know for no reason? It puts you know half here and half here, or should it you know uh, put put names that are are of a certain symbol type? Like there's the symbols like flowery, violent uh, ones that have to do with agriculture or whatever. I mean, it might it might. It might, based on the symbol, uh, put people's names in certain categories. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and we're thinking of doing stuff with that. But um, yeah, not sh- not sure when. I think it's a, I think it's something that that would kind of reflect the the world a bit more. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone's ever offended by this stuff either. If, if 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 there are there are things like that put in. Um, I mean, right now we have no sexual dimorphism, for instance, with uh, dwarves or even humans. Um, because people tend to prefer that kind of thing, and you know, it's it's an extra step to put it in anyway. So I'm just lazy about it. But um, yeah, so so you know, in general, you are gonna do 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 more with that, and it should it should turn out well. Yeah. Okay.
2: I have a question here from Nathan. Um. After this release uh, you said something to the effect that you never want another release cycle to take the song again and that the next major release will be much shorter um, after this release has been released and the bug fixing releases for the version have been wrapped up what is that what do you think the next uh, uh, release or series releases will focus on
1: yeah so I mean I, I imagine I mean from the um, from the person's uh, from the person's list uh, there, they, they, they probably already know that, the, um, that the, the three major areas of focus for the next series of releases were going to be the kind of adventure skills and entity stuff and the improved sieges and the stuff leading up to improved sieges, like having armies moving around on the world map and so on. And also the top ten eternal s- suggestion vote, um, looking at those and going through each of them and seeing what we can do uh, with those. And we haven't really decided what uh of those which one's coming next um and if i made a decision now it would likely change anyway so because after you know the the release is going to take however long i don't know um if it means obviously not going to be released this year as you'll know when we release this podcast in january and there's no Dwarf fortress out you'll <laughs> uh, you'll obviously be aware of that fact as well um but you know if we release it that month or the next month or whenever it's gonna get there. But but the um
2: Well you uh, mean it will not release in two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In two
1: thousand ten there'll be a Dwarf Fortress out for sure, of course. But um the uh the after that I you know I'm gonna be fixing bugs for a month or something. And by that time, um it'll probably be more clear what we're doing. Because I mean uh, right now I think I mean I've added a lot of things that are interesting for dwarf mode, I think. So if I didn't add like improved hauling or something immediately, and did adventure skills instead, I think um, people might be they they might not mind. And it's not like that's going to take forever either. You know, it's not like anything's going to take a year. Um, and uh, but I might do improved hauling instead. Uh, and things like leading up to the the sieges would be kind of important before adventure entities maybe. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, and on the other hand, I could flip a coin and it'd probably be just as well because that stuff's going to get done anyway. Um, so this is, uh, this, is the, uh, this is this is the this uh, is this is the this is the plan. So meaning, there's no there's no, other than the general categories. I, I'm still not sure uh, what what the next focus is. Um, uh, so finally, get my stupid don- donkeys to hold rocks. Yeah, donkeys should help with all kinds of things. The donkey is a useful animal. And there's also <laughs> the wheelbarrow and the cart exactly. and the lift and the elevator and the steam cannon and the nuclear reactor. <laughs> all kinds of cool, cool, cool things for hauling goods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, who knows, who knows. You do what have
2: atom smashers thing over thing there. It, so.
1: Yeah it is such a it's such a yeah it's i mean the the problem with some of these internal suggestion things is they're a bit vague right so i'll just do something you know or some set of things until the the hauling situation is considerably improved i mean not just whiff it but do something that's that's kind of drastic or whatever and um and then consider that done until you know the next and, and if it's not done it'll crawl right back up the list <laughs> <laughs> so we'll know we'll know if it's done enough and that's the same for everything right I mean if, if, if when they're like full graphic support obviously it's not gonna look like um, you know oblivion or Fallout 3 or whatever crisis or whatever people throw out uh, it's gonna look better um, better than it is now and if it's not better enough then it'll come come back up the list. Right. Uh, so just it's a continuing process.
2: So uh the plan is eventually to reset the uh, eternal suggestions.
1: Yeah, I think actually when um when with the top 10 suggestions, when I get those written down and you know, it's like the top 10 thing, it's like I don't want to, you know, nail myself to that. So I'll look down below that too. Just kind of get a sense of what what people wanted at that snapshot in time. Then you know it might be worth it just to clear the whole thing at that point, and then announce, uh, you know, eternal suggestions. We've taken these suggestions. We're we've got we know what people wanted at this time. We're going to work on this stuff, and now we go again. And uh, and now that'll depend on if we've got a new script by that time. I don't I don't even remember if someone's working on something or now. I always have a bad memory there. But the um, the uh, the you know, is something is that system going to be the same? There have been complaints about it. Do we want to tweak it before we reboot and start again? Because um, people have had you know uh, complaints about specific items getting shafted versus um, uh, items that are uh, um, really over over broad, maybe you know, arguably over broad, and also items that. Um, are kind of things like improved hauling. I mean, you look at the list, and there there aren't a lot of things in the top that are how people want the game to be expanded, but how they'd rather have it polished or whatever the current version. And that's that, that means that that's where they want the priority of the effort to be spent. But if I wanted to do something that wasn't polishing, as I often do... Uh, I really don't receive a lot of direction from that list because those items don't do that well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, do we want to break it into two sections, for instance? I don't know. And I, I don't know if it will be changed at all. Uh, so it's it's not clear exactly what will happen, but we'll continue using the system. And if if it is replaced, I mean, votes are certainly going to be cleared once we write the information down. And if there's um, an improved system, that that would be you know, better. So, we'll see.
0: Safekeeper would like to know, or rather, he envisions a world where Dwarf workers, even though it is an ASCII game, will have a semi-drag and, or click and drag, you know, interface for equipping your dwarves and squads, so you Drag the sword onto the dwarf hand, you know, like a, there'd be a paper doll of yeah, the dwarf the paper, the paper in ASCII. Doll system,
1: that's right.
0: You drag the pickaxe onto its hand, and then it equips it there. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, do you and do you have any plans for something like that? Can you see yourself doing that in the near future? It's really a, it's not really a how will this work question, but more of a, do you plan on doing something like this?
1: Sort yeah. Of yeah I don't know I mean it's it's, it's um I, mean, I know people do that well first of all we don't have a lot of graphics so it's, yeah. it's there are a couple tricks but if, if we if we just you know say we'd, we'd have them or whatever that we'd try it and ASCII or whatever uh, there are a couple tricks there uh, one is that there aren't slots so much as like right hand left hand and body parts that then have things stacked on them so if you wanted to wear three shirts you could right now so you, you'd have to. I mean, if you want to make that your guys' uniform in the squad screen, you could just say, "Hey, I want you guys to wear three shirts. Just make sure the top one is red." Um, and uh, well, that wouldn't oh. bode well, would it? But but you could you could you could still uh, you could still um, you could do that. And so that that makes the slide. I mean, that's not an insurmountable problem, though, right? You Does just, that make
2: you them just, tougher somehow? to Wear three shirts.
1: Well you could I mean it would it would layers, stop man. more yeah it would stop more stuff it would be it would be uh it would be a, a way of doing it although you might want to invest in armor at some point um <laughs> before yeah but you can do that now, now and and if there's that whole thing about you know like arrows being stopped by the silk shirt with layers and all that kind of thing i mean that's been an ongoing discussion but anyway the uh the uh so, but the, the, a slot like a slot paper doll could still handle that. You could open new boxes when boxes are full and all that kind of thing. Um, the the other thing I'm worried about, especially when you're trying to represent something graphically, is that you run afoul of mods. Um, right now, people mod in Ant Man Fortress and mod in whatever, and the slots would be completely different. And a, a silhouette would no longer be appropriate. Um, so I mean I, I mean a dwarf silhouette <laughs> would no longer be appropriate. So uh, and that's and that's a problem with with aiming systems. All kinds of things where you'd like to see uh, damage readouts and stuff, where you'd like to see some kind of doll that has colors on it and all that kind of thing. Um, it's the 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 bodies are all defined in in text files and stuff. And you know if you wanted your hydra to Hydra and have you know 57 heads, you could do that right now. And um, then you'd run out of space on the screen or something. I mean, the, the, so there, there. Are, I mean, there are ways to try and do it where you'd you'd kind of be trying a spore type thing where you try and lay out the paper doll according to its part definitions or something. But but uh, um, yeah, right now I haven't yeah I haven't really um, thought about. It. I mean, of course it, you can just be like, well, if it's a humanoid, you could just have a tag on it that says, "I'm a humanoid. I want to use the doll." And um, if it's not a humanoid, you could be like, well, I'll just use a list. Um, so so it's it's not like it's an insurmountable problem, but but I haven't yeah, I mean I haven't really thought like you know we definitely need need to do that, but we'll see when we get into the new squad screen if people feel tortured or whatever, um, people feel like they need something, then I'm sure I'll hear about it uh, even more. Yeah. So. Well, aside from the
0: paper doll, um, I could definitely see being able to. Click and drag things being useful in some ways.
1: Yeah, Perhaps. yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know just if it looks a little weird. Weird with the text, of course. <laughs> oh, that—that's true. I mean, it'd just be strange feeling to drag the text. Especially, yeah. I mean, especially if it drags in, it would drag it along the tile. It would be like dragging blocky, blockily. Yes. Because uh, well, I guess you. I guess we we do have control of the mouse cursor display right now, so it could turn the mouse cursor Yeah, we have a few few extra controls now but um yeah, 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 clicking and dragging. I mean, it's not like I'm 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 not for having, you know, uh the the mouse be supported and having all kinds of nice things you can do with the mouse. I like nice things. Um now, I know people like their keyboard shortcuts too. I like keyboard shortcuts, but uh, you can click on all the new screens. I don't. You can't drag anything, but you can click, 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 click all the new screens. have click, click, click. Um, it just doesn't say that anywhere, but you can do it. <laughs> like every every new button can be clicked, but um, it's it's um, still one of those things. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not sure if that uh, when that's going to be done. It's one of those things I wanted to do pre-version one, getting more mouse support in. But it's you know when the the underlying game is changing a lot I'm not sure what I want to use it for and then I just end up not doing it
2: well that just about sums it up ladies and gents appreciate you guys for joining us here for this uh, Dwarf Fortress talk Um, I'm your host Rainseeker and I was joined by Captain Tastic and our Illuminous Leader Tarn Adams
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's literally (laughs) emitting lights
1: yeah, erratic. yeah. That's you why have to, I have to rub my belly. That's have
2: moths are attracted to him.
1: And it glows. <laughs> so,
2: um, I'd like to also to thank Malix, who does the transcription, and Olie, who's a swell guy.
1: Malix, Malix, Olie, Olie. That's right. Who
2: volunteer selflessly every
1: month. Super Peoples, <laughs> and yeah, all, the, cool. all them people that... Asked questions uh, Even if they didn't get answered Or asked um, It's cool when please. people send in questions So please continue to send in questions There's a uh, sticky topic In DF general discussion on the forum That tells you exactly how to do that Yeah. And uh, we, we love the questions So we will want more questions It'll be cool, yeah, cool. Questions, and, and questions
0: or a song <laughs> Questions or a poem or a song that will make them more interesting to read on the air. Don't actually do this unless <laughs> you want to. <laughs> I,
2: I, I dare somebody to do it, though, for real. Yeah. but uh, Of course, if you're
1: daring somebody, you're daring everybody.
0: Everyone, yeah.
2: No, so. no, I just dare somebody.
0: Don't, don't feel the need to ex- exert yourself. <laughs> but if the mood takes you...
2: Well, thank you for joining us, Tarn and Captain Tastic.
0: Are we joining them or are they joining us or are we joining you?
2: You joined me and then I joined you and then everyone joined us and we're all one big happy family apparently. That works.
1: works. That's right. It's good to be happy. And a family.
2: Rain Circa here. I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. It's been really fun to do. And now that our sixth episode has just been completed and put out, we just want to say thanks. Thanks for listening for these past six months. And you know, I just wanted to remind you to please consider donating this time of the year, especially because Tarn's been sick. He has had the swine flu and is going to delay release of the game, of course. However, It is discouraging to be sick and not able to work. And so let's show our support and send him a couple dollars and maybe an email uh, giving him some encouragement.
0: All right, guys. See you later.
1: especially big. in the holidays. That's right big, a big happy holidays, happy family, family. Of course the holidays are over by the time this thing comes out. So.
0: Yes, but just there are no holidays forever. anymore. It's we, January. We <laughs> well, Merry
1: Christmas.
2: That's right. We we need, we need to make some Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
0: Merry right. Christmas and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all of those other wintry right. wonderland. Under, all all the procedural
1: Christmas. holidays yet to be generated. Right. That's yes. Right. That's right. Dwarf out. of Christmas past. Is it of t- <laughs>
0: Christmas
1: present? <laughs> That's right. We're approaching the pressing stop time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're working on driving this into the ground. But
0: uh okay.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Scamps is really meowing and scratching. What are you doing?
2: Well, I haven't heard him at all.
1: Uh um, yeah. he's he's been good, good. It hasn't been picked up on the mic then 'cause he's he's pretty loud. <laughs> pretty loud. Uh but but he'll have his time
0: eventually.
3: Ah, are they gone? I think they're gone. Okay, all you diehards that are listening here, I'm here to announce the winners of the Soap Tower Challenge. For everyone who participated in the challenge, thanks so much. My new Soap Tower is great! We had two categories. In modded, there were changes made to the game's core play, which is okay, but we decided we needed a separate category for that. On the unmodded side, it is just plain vanilla dwarf fortress, And, uh, you can turn off, uh, sieges if you want. So, without further ado, here are the winners. On the modded side of things, we have Hardrada. Ha! I don't know how to pronounce that, because I'm a dwarf. But in any case, he made this amazing polar bear fortress. The soap he used was polar bear soap and some grizzly bear. Oh, you should try it! It tingles! And the winner of the unmodded category was always for his gigantic tower that ended up being a float-through boat wash. There are also many other great entries you can see on bay12games.com. Thanks so much for everyone who participated. Don't forget to donate, and we'll see you next month.